0: Support for WMNF comes from listeners like you and Nova Southeastern University. With its focus on future leaders, NSU's H. Wayne Huizenga College of Business and Entrepreneurship ranks among the Princeton Review's top graduate entrepreneurship programs. More at business.nova.edu.
1: Hey
2: Moody Radio. Franklin, and you're listening to WMNF Tampa. They do the dog, y'all.
3: W-M-N-F
0: Thank you for joining another episode of the Fourth Estate, the Forum at WMNF org 88.5 FM. my name is annie miles i'm here with walter smith the host and my billy we want to say good morning to everybody how everybody doing today on january 14th 2024 how you doing Billy?
4: <laughs> pretty good happy martin luther king junior weekend
0: that's right that's right we got to celebrate a great man and behind every great man we know we got a great woman so keep that in mind <laughs> that's okay? right
4: and now a great grandchild and a great
0: grandchild <laughs> you exactly. just heard on
4: the Exactly. Exactly. Classic
0: hour. And she stated Just like her grandfather She has a dream So that dream continues on So we're going to continue To celebrate him Good morning Mr. Walter Smith How we doing sir? Good morning Good
5: morning Good morning How's everybody doing? We good We good Yeah Good,
0: good, good.
5: How was your weekend?
0: It was great I, I got some rest I was very very tired We've been out here Doing a lot of things So I got to get some rest This weekend So so far so good How about yourself? All right,
4: pretty good Pretty
0: good that's yeah. good. How about you, Mabili? Yeah. Uh,
4: been pretty good.
0: That's good.
4: Trying to stay warm. Ooh, right? That's <laughs> it. Trying to stay
0: warm. Exactly. It's kind of nippy today yeah. as well.
5: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm a little the- in the weather, which is which is why I'm after having to run this thing from um, yeah. long distance. But hey we got to bring the people the news, right? Bring the people what they want. News Absolutely. To the That's
6: right. <laughs> you, you're
0: still here with us. That's the main thing. So what we aspire to do is always here at the what, the fourth estate, shall I say, okay? <laughs> is to inspire you, to educate you, inform you of what's going on the community news, not just locally but internationally as well. We want to make sure you stay informed. We do focus on specifically African American news and the black and brown community so we can definitely keep things positive, uplifting and moving. As I- Mobili stated, this is uh, Martin Luther King Weekend. His birthday is tomorrow, January fifteenth, and he was born. And if you don't know, he was born January fifteenth, two thousand twenty-nine, and he died April fourth, nineteen sixty-eight. And he, up until his death, was fighting for civil rights for all of us and justice all the way around. Hey, Walter.
5: Important uh, to note the a couple of things with regard to Dr. King's uh, life and the civil rights movement as it. Um, as, as it began to form mm-hmm. the rights movement began to form it started out really as a human rights as, as human rights um, mm-hmm. and looking at what was happening obviously with with black folks um, internationally then as we started to look at what was happening internationally um is then that we began to realize you know this is really bad. This is a human rights thing. This is happening to us all over the world. Where you know how do we stop this? So during that the early 1900s, uh, as we approached the the administration of FDR in 1930s, uh, we started to 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 talk to um, people about going to the UN. The news the Fundamentally, newly formed UN, uh-huh. and actually putting putting the the United States on trial uh, regarding the issue of human rights because of lynchings and beatings and things like that that were happening with impunity throughout the country. Uh, but we, being who we are, of course, were able to dodge that bullet um, through negotiation. Now, negotiation, of course, was uh, with the then. Somewhat fledgling, if you want to call it, they were probably about they were thirty some years old by that time. The um, the NAACP leadership at that time was trying to gain um, a foothold on that particular point. But then, after talking to the FDR or Franklin Delano Roosevelt and his um, uh, and his leadership, they were able to convert. Or, or get them to change over the NWCp being them
6: mm-hmm. uh, to
5: the change over from looking at things from a civil from a um, human rights standpoint, and look at it more from a civil rights standpoint, uh, which they felt that was was um, something that they would be more successful with doing, uh, and would also be mutually beneficial. Of course, this is the, the rough part: is mutually beneficial because. That would mean that they wouldn't be able to um, take the United the United States to the to the national court, the international courts, on that particular point anymore because there was an issue with because the issue that they were fighting for, which was human rights, now they were looking at it from the standpoint from the lens of civil rights, which had to be looked at from from legislative points in different states and within the um, Congress. So. It's important to point this out because as we, as we start to look at the um, uh, civil rights bills and things like that that were done and the fights that were done, you know, you gotta, you got to recognize uh, that Dr. King's contemporary, Malcolm X, of course, was on the way to actually do just that, to go take a step back and actually do the human rights thing. Um, however, you know, he was assassinated in 1965. Um, and three years later, Dr. King was assassinated. Um, Dr. King's concept, um, you know, you got to remember, he came up on the scene in 1955 really on a national level uh, because of the, the Montgomery bus boycott. Um, for the first time, he was on the national scene. And then after that, fast forward, um, you know, 13 years later, he's assassinated. So there's a 13-year time period. Um in, in which he was able to make some real, um, real change in this world—not just in the United States, but in the world. Right? People were looking at what this man did in a 13-year time period. This man had influenced the world in terms of peace and moves towards um, reconciliation in countries where there have where there have been extreme violence, um, violence much more, uh, that was way worse than what we were seeing here in the United States. Um, but, you know, this is the type of man he was. He was able to do to um, bring about um, uh, situations where people had to really look at themselves in the mirror and see this savage and barbaric way at which they were actually conducting themselves Uh, My father used to say that, um, somebody asked me once, did your father ever work with Dr. King? No, he didn't. He didn't get a chance to. He was supposed to. Um, There was actually a meeting that he was supposed to have uh, when he returned from from, uh, Chicago. They actually saw each other at the airport um, in Atlanta. And when my father was returning back from Chicago, um, Dr. King the news came over the announcement that Dr. King was dead. Mm. So, um, and and the, the and they were dealing with the issues of education and desegregation of schools, uh, which is what my father was working on at that particular time. Uh-huh. But um, you know, it, it was it, it was a he was an outstanding man, um, without question, and uh, he was backed by as as going to point out to you. A very outstanding woman, and Coretta, Dr. Coretta Scott King, uh, who, who you know, any woman who stands behind a man like that, who walks by his side,
6: mm-hmm.
5: who walks by his side, um, and is able to endure the things that she had to endure mm. as a wife, scared to death about the next phone call being your husband is dead or whatever it was, and then finally you know, she does get that phone call, you know, um, that is, that's devastating. That's devastating. And, uh, but she continued to fight, um, and to push the agenda of her husband until the day that she died. Yes, she
0: did. Yes, she did.
5: And her children continue in that, in that same path. And we can only hope that
0: we,
5: you know, that, that we're able to influence our own children. In the same way that Dr. King and his wife were able to influence theirs,
0: exactly, and that—that's what I wanted to point out because you was kind of like um, speaking my um, speaking my mind without me even saying anything because it's a legacy, you know, it truly Absolutely. is. If you look at even his father, you know, Martin Luther King Sr., you know, he was born okay. December nineteen, um, eighteen ninety nine. He was also, you know, an early activist in regards to civil rights. You know, so that legacy, it leads down to your generation, you know, from your family. And that's where Martin Luther King got it from as well. You know, he believed in that same thing that his father stood up for. You know, he was a pastor of an Ebenezer Church um, and, um, when he first got started. So when you when you look at stuff like that, and like I said, you got his wife standing up behind him. They asked him one time, you know, it, it was an article that was in here in regards to did he help Coretta with... Um, getting, being um, informed of the activism and the rights for um, for people. And he stated, Ashley, we walk this walk together. That's right. You know, we walk this mm-hmm. walk together. So I, I, I want to make reference to that, to that article. Give me one second, because I just had it pulled up. I think that's very important for us to know, as you stated, Walter, behind every great man, you know, there is a strong woman. And it takes a strong woman to stand next to a man like that because she does have to endure so much. You know, she was the wife. She was the homemaker. She was the mother to the children. You know, and she still had to be the support system for him as well,
4: you know. And beyond that, she was the one who was instrumental in keeping up the fight exactly. and making this a holiday.
0: That's it. And I was going to point out to them, really, you're absolutely correct. So those are some things that we tend to forget. And it was a beautiful thing to hear his granddaughter stand up and say the same thing. You know, here in 2024, you know, I still have a dream. And I love that because we are still in that era that we have a dream. You know, you hear us making comments that they give us just one month, <laughs> you know, Black right. History Month. But uh, we celebrate this because we're black all year. Okay, So <laughs> we, we celebrate our rights all year, you know. But you have to understand that fight that he stood up for us, we're still fighting that same fight. We're still down that same journey having that dream of being considered equal, you know, on, on, based on the character of who we are. You know, mm. and not just the color of our skin. So those are some things we definitely got to keep be mindful of. So today is one of those days that we're going to say thank you and, and give all attributes possibly that we can give to him. If you have something that you want to call in and say how his his fight affected you. You know, gave you strength to stand up, motivated you to speak up, sparked something in your mind to say, I want to move forward, I want to be likewise and minded as that, give us a call at 813-239-9663 sharing what we're speaking about today. Understand the importance of giving homage to those individuals that fought before us. Again, our ancestors, the legacy, all of that is very important. Go ahead, Walter.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. No question about it. Um, there were um, there were groups and individuals that fought um, both, both in the violent and nonviolent
0: uh, mm-hmm.
5: front, if you want to call it that. Uh, it was all violent. Even the nonviolent part was, was violent.
0: Violent, exactly. It was all violent,
5: right? Um, I mean, you know, video doesn't lie, right? And, you know, a lot of times I, I used to wonder, and I think now people are starting to do it now. Uh, I used to wonder the, the names of some of those white people who were sitting, who were in those pictures, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, following those students down the sidewalk, spitting on them and carrying on. Mm-hmm. Who are some of those people? We, we know some of those people are. Yeah.
4: I think that's what's behind the book bands in Florida. <laughs> yeah. They don't want their parents and grandparents' pictures from those historical photos to be printed in those books. So yeah. they that's they right. don't want to have to answer for
5: that. They don't want to answer for that. They don't want to answer for that. And, that's, and that is something that we have to... Uh, you know, listen, I'm I'm not out to, to do that. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not out to do that. It would be, you know, there, I encourage it. I don't, don't get it wrong. I encourage it. Um, but because we need to know who our enemies are. Yes. We need to know, we need to know that these, you know, if these people are still alive, still around, of so these people have a stake in, in what's going on right now and some of the things that we're doing. And don't, don't get it twisted. Do not get it twisted. Um, they, they might be old as hell, but. They're still
0: around. <laughs> and, and, and let me tell you something. The, the way you know they're still around is because just like we believe in our legacy and what we were taught from our fathers, those same individuals, like you said, that stood up and was, you know, mm-hmm. spitting mm-hmm. on us, this and that, they taught that same thing to their children. So they may be old as hell, as you say, but those children are still here. And they just, you know, fighting a bad exactly, fight. Exactly, they, They're doing that same thing that, that they saw their parents do thinking it was okay, thinking they had the right to do that because of the color of their skin, you know.
4: Mm-hmm. So you are probably gonna bring up some of those names today too, Walter given the fight against Harvard president. <laughs> Bill Ackman is the name we were talking about. He's up he's the white guy that's fighting uh the uh the Harvard thing. Oh man,
5: listen.
4: Yeah. A hedge fund manager.
5: A hedge he fund manager <laughs> man. John no, not John Mosley. He's a he's a linking the horse. The hedge fund manager that, that, we talk, that we're that looking at is Bill Ackman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bill Ackman. Bill Ackman is a so so the Swiss this kind of switch gears here. Um we talk about we talk about advancement, right? So we look at Harvard University, and I look up and I look on the TV and I'm like, holy crap, we got a black president at Harvard University. Right? And um, and that that for those people who don't know, Dr. Claudine Gay was named president of Harvard University. She was a black woman um, back in um, about, it was last year, the end of last year, I think it was, right?
6: Mm
5: -hmm. Yeah, it was very recent. I don't even think she she was there three months before Mm -hmm. all this mess started um, with, you know, in Israel. So the second that happens, people start asking questions, you know, and, and, and protesting and everything else. And they started asking questions of her in terms of where she stood on this issue. Uh, And this is just after, of course, it had been recommended that, you know, university presidents not take a public position on these things. Um, She did not make a public statement regarding that. What she did say, however, that is that in terms of taking a position, what she did say, however, is that she... Did believe that you know in in the First Amendment of students. Now, regardless of regardless of anything, and and that's even if it was detestable. It was it was detestable. This is an academic uh, uh, academic uh, uh, environment, and that's that's going to happen. People are going to say things that they disagree with, um, and you know, and, and that's what's going to happen. So. Um,
0: you're right, Walter, because we already got people sparked up up here now. We got our lines is lit. Oh, <laughs> we got our lines as <laughs> lit. Let's oh, see the first my call, my Billy.
7: <laughs>
4: All right. Let's see let's what's going on. Call.
7: Let's
4: see. All right. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday 4.
7: Hello, my friends. How are you?
0: Good morning. How are you?
7: All right. You I sent you my identifying info last week, but who knows which DJ actually got it? <laughs> uh, we got it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. I hope I didn't shock you by, <laughs> no. by my, um, as you can see, I was a radical journalist, and I, that's one reason I identify with, quote, people of color, even though I'm an old white guy, is mm-hmm. that because of my work as a radical journalist and activist, I experienced police brutality, prejudiced, and other isms, and I know how it feels to have a bunch of predatory losers um, who want to harm you just because of something that is not bad about you. (laughs) You know, it wasn't skin color, but, you know, that's who I am, and if you guys want to network with me now, you know how to do it. But um, what Martin Luther King Day means to me, um, I was in middle school on the day he was murdered, living near the color line in Clearwater, which was called Betty Lane, where on one side of the color line was the black neighborhood and the other side was the white neighborhood. And I was very fortunate that I had made friends with a lot of African-American young men that day because when they heard that Martin Luther King had been killed, they came out of their section where they were allowed to be, and they had chains and whips, and other objects, hmm. and they were they were taking down any white person they could find. And they saw me, and I was like, hi. And they're like, oh, that's that little white kid. He's one of us. And they went right past me mm. wow. and continued beating a lot of other people. And I, I was not upset that they were beating people. I mean, if you could imagine <laughs> if Jesus's followers had not been coached in nonviolence like they were, and they had, and well, Peter actually did try and cut the ear off of one of the Roman soldiers. So I totally got why they were violent. And um, on the basketball court uh, near where there used to be the Phillies baseball stadium, we discussed it, and they were not repentant of the violence. So that's that's one memory. The other thing is is um, before
0: you go to the second memory, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Okay. That statement that you made that you was not upset. That they were beating people, right? And I want you just for for a moment, just again, you were not upset that they were beating people at this point in your life. What is your mindset on that now? I'm pretty sure it wasn't back then, like I said, you was in middle school. So right Right, now,
7: well, you know, and that is one of the hard things that we all talked about when I first started calling your show. Is how do you fight back against violent monsters without becoming violent yourself?
0: Mm. Yeah. When you went home and you, you told your parents what you saw, what did they say to you?
7: Well, my father was a, a racist himself, mm. a white Southerner. My, my mother was a Boston-educated liberal elite who hated my father's racism. And so it was a... First of all, they said to me they were glad I didn't get beat up. My father, of course, condemned What the young black men had done. And my mother said, I'm glad that they're finally fighting back because they've had their, you know, rear sides kicked for too long and not been able to to do anything against their attackers.
0: Right. And how did you personally feel about it when you went back to school the next day? Those same black wow. individuals that
7: you we, said that you were going to school didn't go with. Back. The, the school, was, they, because the, the attacks reached the school grounds, mm-hmm. they, I, we didn't go back to school the next day. But when we did go back to school, you should have heard in what used to be they had classes called civics and social studies. Mm-hmm. And the discussions in there were off the charts. They were the, the teachers were, of course, all old white men. But one of them was a liberal And, uh, you know, we had an integrated school, even though there was a color line in Clearwater, but the school was integrated. And that, and we had a huge auditorium classroom for the civics class. And that teacher allowed pretty open-ended and inflammatory discussion. And some of the white kids sided with black kids, even though they had seen the violence. Mm. And some of the black kids didn't side with the other black kids and said that Martin Luther King would be embarrassed. Wow. About the violence wow. against white people, uh, you know, because of anger and rage about the murder of, you know, the, quote, black Jesus or, you know, uh, not, not the black Messiah. That, that was the man in Chicago, Fred Hampson. But, <laughs> you, know, just, um, you know, I still to this day, uh, when I find myself persecuted by Trumpers in various ways, sometimes we, even when they brandish weapons and I don't have a weapon and i try to be you know you know buddhist like jesus like martin luther king like always being nonviolent even if they're smashing your head in but that's really hard to do
0: it is it, it truly is even in this day and time it truly is thank you so much for being so transparent and um sharing that story with us we do appreciate it i know i did um inter- interject when you before you were going to your second one if you don't mind just giving us a moment cuz we got a couple more callers but our lines are really lit Okay.
7: <laughs> yeah, you have a and and, and it is a sober well, one last thing I, and, and I'll get off here. Mm-hmm. What I had also wanted to share to you is how long it took Arizona, New Hampshire, um mm-hmm. yeah, New Hampshire, Virginia, Utah and South Carolina to even acknowledge the Martin Luther King federal Holiday. That
0: is correct. Right. That is correct.
7: All right, my brothers and sisters, all the best to you.
0: Thank you. please Thank Call, you call, call much. in again. Thank please call brother. in again. And we just want to get to some other calls as well. But please call, call in because I li- I love the more information more that you're better. sharing. I love the information you're sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
4: you. Yeah, Thanks, Walter. Call. Oh, actually, they, they've they gone. Oh. Okay. <laughs> they the call over there? Yeah. But you can call us 813-239-9663, or you can write me DJ at WMNF dot This is celebration of Dr. Martin Luther King
5: Jr.'s yeah, we wanna, we wanna, yeah, man. Listen, it, it the you know one of the things that that was mentioned just now, you said something that was very important Andy, uh, and he said something that, that the conversation between you, there was a point there where the discussion led to, um, you know, what black people were feeling or doing. Mm -hmm. So uh, on one side, you had black people like, yeah, we're going to whip these boys outside the head, you know, because we're tired of this crap. But then you have another group of black folks that were saying, you know, we're, you know, Dr. King would be embarrassed by what you're doing. Don't do this. You know, don't, don't be this way. You shouldn't be this way. Blah blah blah. But then there's another school of thought, and I think that, that we, ought to, we ought to take a, a look at it, um, that says that while that is the case, and that, when I say that while that's the case, i mean, going to, um, Dr. King would be embarrassed. It is not like Dr. King would not expect that that would have been the case. What he saw in his lifetime in Detroit, what right. he saw in California, what he saw in New York, um, in, were indicators of what would have happened. Uh, it was not that it, some people didn't like him, some black folks just didn't like him at all. Not because they disliked him, not because, um, it, anything. it wasn't because
0: of his message; it was the, because of the nonviolent part. It was nonviolent, right?
5: Yeah, they felt like you know these people beat us upside our head,
0: and you're telling and us not to tried. fight. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. So what are we going to do? Um, but, then there's another. There's this other thing, and we've had this discussion on this show before. Um,
0: I want I want to also, stand. while you're doing it. Walter, I want to also address the um the the connection with. A Martin Luther King, again, because we know he was about the nonviolence, but also with Malcolm X, you know, when he was saying by any means necessary. But he also understood the part of being nonviolent. Because you all, I mean, you you have to think about it, as you said, the school of thought, violence with violence is not going to get you anywhere. You know, so you have to look at it both ways. So go ahead. Well, I think.
5: No question about that. But is that, but yeah. where um, what what bothered me some time ago. Um, we get a show. On King Holiday, mm-hmm. um, and it was because I became agitated with the fact that white people continue to utilize Dr. King's name. Yes, every single time um, they had done something wrong, right? So every time they did something wrong to us, what well, Dr. King would want you, he would want forgive to you, forgive me. Uh, he would he would want us to work in unity. And they go back to doing the same thing they were doing the first time. And, you know, it, its uh, I don't like that. I don't like that. And I think that, that we ought to um, make a point of, of calling people out for that. Make a point of calling people out for that. Um, Dr. King would probably go outside somebody's head. Uh, for doing such a thing. That. Because you that's you wrong. It's that out wrong. You know, you don't... You know, that's, that's cowardly in my mind. Um, Listen, you don't go upside somebody's head and then use the name of Dr. King to get you off. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I think you done sparked some callers again, Walter. We got two more callers on the line.
5: Okay.
4: Okay, caller, you're on the Sunday Forum. Go ahead.
0: Uh, good morning. Peace and
3: blessings. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I, I want to say not only not only did um, King and the organizers, the marchers, and unnamed people have regular white citizens opposed to them, we have to point out how this U.S. government also uh, was opposed to the work of Dr. King as much as he talked about it being nonviolent. The lack of intervention until cameras was there to show how dogs who were being sick by sheriff police department was being uh, put on our children. And so, when we see what happened to the Harvard professor, I remember when um in the Solid Bill demonstrations, it was white men that were saying Jews will not replace us, not black people, not the lady from Harvard, but white men. And you haven't heard a word from the Jewish community condemning that right. So we have to be very careful as to what was the bigger picture. The bigger picture is always to dismantle any progress we have made here in America. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if Ron DeSantis' parents was out there or not, (laughs) but I know what he's done in the state of Florida as it comes to voting rights. Dr. King also said that we have to be cautious about those that say, they support
0: us. Absolutely. Because it
3: don't cost nothing. It don't cost them nothing for us to integrate into the buses, the schools, or the hotels. In fact, it makes them money. It don't make us any money. So when we are trying to make gains economically, that's our weapon. When that, when when um, Malcolm talks about by any means necessary his focus is on the economic power that black people have and we could we tend to transfer all of that power all of that spending power in that direction because we do not have bold enough organizational leaders political leaders to draw the line in the sand like a dr king would
6: You are 100% correct on that.
3: We have a lot, a lot of work to do uh, in terms of modeling ourselves courageously to stand up. And so that tends to be, you know, my discomfort when I hear and I see black leadership pandering, Mm -hmm. constantly pandering. When our heads are getting bust open, when our people can't get unemployment, when our people face the justice system still harshly, real quickly, the same marijuana that took our souls into prison is the same marijuana that's allowing white young people to become the new cotton king.
0: Come on. So we can mm-hmm.
3: to. Yes. <laughs> We're about mm-hmm. it. What we going to do about it. And we cannot be fearful. We cannot be caught up in materialism. We cannot be so happy to be invited to sit at the table that only you benefit and the rest of us continue to catch hell. All power to
0: the people. Peace and blessings. Oh, you have have given me chills, sister. Thank you so much because everything you said was correct. We do not stand up. Yes, we do not stand up and fight for it. We lay down and we accept it. And we think this is the last statement she made. We think because we think they gave us a seat at the table. No, no, they did not. They just want you to think you have a voice when you really don't. Oh, Everything she said was on point. Thank you so much, Carla, for sharing that.
4: Well, and the idea that they could take back the progress that's made, that yes. has been their fight. I mean, that's that was her major point. And this year, we're going to see the Republicans and the conservatives of this country continue to be in reactionary mode because of the... Uh, we got to be recognizing the Civil Rights Act Mm -hmm. of 1964. And as we've seen, they've been busy trying to reverse voting rights. And next year, we'll be supporting, we'll be commemorating the Voting Rights Act of 1965. So, but we need to start commemorating both of them now. Mm -hmm. And remember, they are in... Uh, they're in reactionary mode, trying to tear down what's been built up. And the yes. Civil Rights Act of 1964 has always been under the chopping block for them. They've been trying to to stop some of the oversight that we've had over voting. And you know, in the South, even when black people can vote, there were these litmus tests, you know, that made it impossible a lot of the times for a lot of people to vote, even though they had a legal right. To vote, and so it's those kinds of things that they're trying to put; those kinds of roadblocks they're trying to put in our face again. Mm -hmm. You know, like not allowing you to to vote at home, vote by mail, vote early. They try to close those voting ballot boxes down and early so that you can't get access to them. They try to confuse you about where your voting precinct is. So anything they can do, they try to gerrymander. They use prison gerrymandering. They've done all of these things to try to to weaken. Civil rights, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and tru- the Voting Rights Act.
0: I truly hope, listeners, that you're understanding what's being said to you today because it is so important. As Mabili just reiterated from what I call a stated, they're trying to reverse time again right. to put us back. As important as that Barack Obama vote was. This is the same time that you have to get out and you have to vote by all means necessary to make sure that those individuals that are standing up right now, that wants to get in office, that's telling you, they're telling you they're going to do it. They're telling you they're going to reverse these things. And we're not listening. So your vote is very, very important. Can't it, stay home. You cannot we stay are. home. You cannot stay home. I mean, I need for you to vote in your local elections as well as the main presidential election because it is very important. We're at that crucial time again. So, caller, thank you so much for your comments. Um, we have another call online. Yeah,
4: but line. I think we should tell the people what's going on around here. This yes. is the Sunday Forum, and Walter L. Smith II is on the telephone, and this is Annie uh, Miles, Annie miles <laughs> in the house. And uh, I knew that. I was just trying to find a, a, a cool way to say it. Anyway, Walter, you're on the line, and we do have another phone waiting, phone call um, waiting. You know, one of the things
5: that I want to keep, I want to remind folks of, is a fact that both Republican and Democrat, white Republican and white Democratic leaders, will find their way to a Margaret King event. Mm-hmm. And they will, they will try to get the votes. Now, um, we have traditionally shown loyalty to the Democratic Party. Um, and the Republican Party has, there are those of us who are peppered into the Republican Party, but the, the the thing that I want to remind you of is the fact that many of the same people that will show up at these things, are the very same people that go back to the to um, the congressional, the congressional seats and they will vote at some point, to take away your rights to
4: vote. Hey, that's why you have to look at these two parties and judge them because, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King... I believe used to vote Republican. Black people used to vote Republican until the civil rights movement and Republicans' whole uh, ideology changed. Mm-hmm. Their their personality, the party's personalities changed, and a lot of those racist, uh, what do you call them? The 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 Dixocrats, Dixocrats. all became
5: Republicans. I don't, I don't know why. You know, listen, y'all. Let me be clear about this point to everybody out there. <laughs> White folks, please stop trying to, uh, the, those white folks that are out there, that take this position somehow, this this revisionist um, position that that did not happen. Stop. Just stop. Please stop. It happened. We all know it happened. We, some of us were old enough to remember when it happened. Um, and, you know, Dixie Crest jumped shift and it went to the Republican Party. It, it happened. Okay. And, and, and so, why, why, you know, I, I, it irritates me to no end when people try to act as though it did not have like one of those Jedi mind tricks. Like <laughs> everybody, like, people saw that. people lived it. Why are you acting like they didn't see this? Like it happened. So stop. Just stop. <laughs> it's, it's, that's, a, that's a ridiculous. That's a ridiculous assertion that it did not happen. Um, so every history book, well, I won't say every history book, but the history books, they show that that's what happens. So whatever, man, it's irritating. It's irritating when that happens. So just, just stop. Um, let's go to the next call. We got to, we got to talk about some other stuff here, um, that's relevant to where we are, especially Mm -hmm. from this Harvard university situation. Mm -hmm. College?
2: Uh, yes, sir. Good morning. Good morning to y'all. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, this is R-O-N-G. I just wanted to add from your first call, and uh, I really appreciated the last call so much. I can't even express it. Yes. So this of took me, took me out of my box, and I'd like to say to that sister, she sounds just like the, the elder of the little baby, Martin Luther King, that's coming. She got the same fire,
6: <laughs> same desire same heart that was put in that little child. She got that as an elder.
2: And i like to say, when I was up in D.C. in 1982, 83, I think it was the day that we signed the first million-man march on Washington by African-American people or African people. And I saw it, and I was in my military uniform with a host of other people who was in their uniform, and they either allowed us or we didn't care. We went, and we marched, and we signed a petition. And that's actually how that became a holiday. We had the most courageous and uh, monumental people up on Washington, you know, from Andrew Young, Stevie Wonder, Peaches and Herb, just all kind of people from all walks of life. Man, <laughs> I can't I can't remember them all, but I just like to share with people that that experience I'll never forget. And that experience made me a whole person because I saw that people there's two factions in this world that I see now is called good and evil. You might call it black and white. You might call it pink and gold. You might call it blue and yellow. I don't care. Some people call it red and blue. (laughs) Yeah, all of that. They'll do anything except acknowledge good over evil. And I used to tell my children this and i get off the phone because this is a true thing. I used to tell them yeah, you just take the other route. You can do this you can do that. But do you know how long they have taught good in this world? Mm-hmm. How long has they been pushing that issue? That's in our DNA. That's in our yeah. spiritual evolution. That's in the ether, baby. You can't win that one no more. I said, I told him. I said, I don't care what we do. I don't think it's so. overcoming. There's just too many people that we got produced and laid out over that. And I'm one of those people.
0: Good I'm
6: one
2: of those people. with you. <laughs> good good, good with over you. evil. Martin Luther King was good over evil. That's the only way a man said you could slap him and turn the other cheek. Now, that time has gone. Him and Jesus did that. We don't have to do that no more. You slap my cheek, you better be holding yours, so I'm going to try to break it. <laughs> I'm not going to allow you to discredit those people that stood up for us. I'm not going to allow you. It's like mm-hmm. I was, a, I tried to get out. I heard my brother Walter say this, and I'm going to say this and get off. I tried to get out. You drag me back in. You mess with my children. You mess with my family. You can go to hell, and I'm going to help take you there if that's what it takes because you're not going to do that. Nobody's bothering your children. Nobody's walking by, somebody grabs Trump's children, lock them up (laughs) for this. I am. No. I'm just saying. You know what I'm talking about. Not you, like, you, know, you are <laughs> uh, not going to listen to us, but this so called other good, the other that they're the other that's supposed to be good and helping us need to be jumping on that bandwagon and get this clown out of here. Yeah. He's, he's going to take mm-hmm. us right on down to the third rail of hell with him and his pot uh, pickles. So, <laughs> that, you know, that, that got me fired up this morning to talk about the king. He was a king over here. Not his name. He was a king over here. That's how a king acts. That's how the Crown acts, baby, not the we are not talking about Eurocentric Crown. we talking about that that African Crown. That's how it acts, baby. That's why they had millions of people, millions of children, millions of wives. They understood this thing. I'm going to say this and get off the phone for so this—I <laughs> keep saying that, but this, I heard this, and I saw this this morning. What Mabile just said, the Republican Party was the ones who signed the bill to free Africans from slavery. But they have been retracted that because that party turned over to the Democratic Party. That's what people don't understand, see? And they all, oh, I'm not going to be sold out to no Democrat. That's the same party that freed you, bro. They just flipped the script because the Republicans got infiltrated and took over. And that's what you well, got well, today people that just hate everybody, everything about the government. Okay? So I'm not going to support nothing like that ever.
6: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I, I, I believe, I'm, I'm right along with you, I believe good's going to always overpower evil. It may be a struggle, but yeah. with, with patience and, and, you know, persistence, we still, we will get there. So I always believe that light will always overpower dark. So you thank got, you so you much.
2: Your, you got your negative and positive too, so remember which ones strongest. stronger. Negative and mm-hmm. positive. <laughs> and
4: Remember the people united will never,
2: never will be, be defeated. Be
6: defeated. That's it. That's right. <laughs> all right. That's it.
2: Rise up, brother. Sunrise. <laughs> Thank
0: right. you so much.
2: Thank you, brother. Thank you all for the <laughs> show and I appreciate it. And and uh blessings yes. to the people and enjoy your Martin Luther King's Day. I yes. heard that a lot of oh but B-Lay, they put uh police officers will be inside the uh, voting booth inside
4: the 40s. That's All not right. even constitutional.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh they my they goodness. Wanna, mm-hmm. they, they might want to run you away for coming up there with the chalks on and listening to the music. I don't know what
4: they are for. <laughs> well, I know they can't give you water if they force you I, to go would stand would in I was going to say
0: the same line. thing. That is sad. They can't give you water now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, might be, that might be what he's there for. You cannot have water. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're right.
0: <laughs> you're right. That's crazy. No, hey.
2: Man. Well, anyway...
0: Blessings to y'all, man. Blessings to you too.
2: Thank, Thank you too. Thank you.
4: All Thank right. All right, you. Uh, hey, I just want to reiterate, Walter and Annie, that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s granddaughter's name is Yolanda Renee King. Yolanda and Renee. that right. speech we heard this morning, she was only nine years old when she said, This is going to be, we're, we can be the greatest generation. Mm-hmm. And her. her uh, in her celebration of Dr. King's 1963 speech, "Racism is still with us," was her message, and uh, the, the next generation has to, in her words, take on the responsibility to fulfill the dream. I like that, Walter.
5: What you think? That's awesome. You know, I, I think about, uh, you know, I think about uh, how we groom our children for success and how we groom our children for leadership. Uh, and we have got to do more of it. We got to do more of it. We used to, back in our day, <laughs> now I can say this right, back in our day, we used to have 412 contests, right? Yes, right. Um, which, which, which you know, children were prepared to go out and speak publicly. Um, You right. have, uh, we have black, you know, black history brain ball competition. We have, um, uh, competitions where, or discussions where uh, there were debates about these issues amongst our young people. Uh, the question now is, because, is: Is whether our young people even care oh, yeah. about any of this stuff anymore? Man, it's like it's like uh, you know and, until until it hits them.
4: Yeah, which means they, they ultimately care. I mean, w- once Trayvon Martin got killed,
5: mm-hmm.
4: they cared. Mm-hmm. They cared. Young people cared about that. Yeah.
5: And, and you know, it's just like, yeah, this shit's you know, And, that, and that's, the issue. that's the
4: issue. And that's what you need. You need something to galvanize you, wake you up, yeah. get, you know, break you out we of your slumber. No <laughs>
5: so we don't need no more Trayvon Martin to galvanize.
4: No, we've got enough of those. So let's build on that. Yeah. Black yeah. Lives Matter. For real. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's take a look
5: at, at something here. So um, we have a situation with uh, at Harvard University where Claudine Gay, who was the president, the first black president of Harvard University, was brought in. And uh, she, of course, that's amid, amidst everything that was going on in Israel. And of course there were protests and, and and uh students who were uh who had taken sides.
4: Yeah. She had only been there six months and two days. Right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right.
5: That's exactly
4: right. And shortest
5: then, tenure in history. Before wow. Right?
0: The first and black woman and the shortest uh, shortest um residency, huh? Mm-hmm. Shortest <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, Wow. It, it
5: is it is determined then of course that you know, I, I don't know. I, I make the assumption. Let me not, not make the assumption. Let me just state the fact. The fact is that there were, there were uh, uh, questions that were raised regarding her position on what was happening in Israel, and then there was there were questions raised regarding her handling uh, of children of children, handling of students. Who were uh, who were taking a side against uh, the Israeli government, um, and they were automatically labeled as being anti-Semitic, and that was that was just going to be it. Well, uh, they asked her the question about whether she thought that, that was the case, and she, she "You know, she didn't think that was the case," and, and of course, she felt that, and she answered it appropriately, which wants to say, listen, we're talking about a place of higher education. There are students who are going to be here. They do have a First Amendment
4: right. No matter how detestable it may be, they do have a First Amendment right. Which is um, the right-wing racist argument that they have a First Amendment right, and nobody got fired when, you know, you condemned them.
5: Right, exactly. So, so they pushed her to the point where Ultimately, she resigned. Well, amidst her resigning, there became an issue of of her education and all this of stuff. Um, and I and honestly, you know, it's like trying to find trying to find what what reason do you have now to question her academic uh, standing? Like, right, right. This is Harvard University, you can do a background checks. Now, now, all of a sudden, this you know, this is a matter of question. Uh, that that's absolutely
4: ridiculous. I think these conservatives just took advantage of these, of, of this of the moment, uh, but they're full of of the, you know, they're just not. It's a double standard because apparently that was a, a controversial pro-Palestinian statement that was signed by more than thirty students at Harvard, and because she did not. In the conservative's mind, uh, directly condemned that letter, then that's why she was being, you know, that's why she was being questioned, and then they they tried to pile on a bunch of other stuff, something about plagiarism in her scholarship, something about uh, the web, the the school had a couple of those website stories up that use the correct pronouns. So the conservatives were all up in arms about that, you know? So it's like whatever they could use to pile on the initial situation, that's what they would do. It was just a it on effect. And she just decided, you know, it's not worth it. I'm stepping down. Yeah. And, and I understand
5: that. And let me just be, let me go into something there regarding the plagiarism piece. Um, there was, the, in terms of places, it's not entirely clear, but what one of the things that has been mentioned regarding that is that there was a quote missing. A quote. A quote. See? A quotation mark. That's
6: what was missing. Really?